Following the death of arguably his most notorious critic, Vladimir Putin now announcing there's another prisoner, a dual American-Russian citizen. CBS's Jeff McCausland joining us right now. Jeff, good morning. From a prisoner's death now to another dual American citizen being held in, in custody in Russia. What's the latest on this particular individual? Well, this person was picked up. Apparently they were involved in some sort of a fundraising campaign at one time for Ukraine have also been involved in activities in Russia, criticizing the war in Ukraine, as I understand it. And, of course, uh, doing so is a crime in the Russian Federation. We were you know, we were in uh, Russia right now, and you were to send out a, a tweet, uh, or whatever they call it these days, an X, I guess, in which you said, I think the war in Ukraine should come to an end. You could be arrested. Uh, one young woman was arrested for wearing blue and yellow fingernail polish, the colors of Russia. One was arrested for having a green uh, ribbon on the back of a backpack because green in Russia is a symbol for peace. So that's the extreme measures that the Russians have gone to in trying to dampen down opposition to the war in Ukraine. And also they're translating that as well now in the, in the aftermath of the death of Alexei Navalny, for anyone who seems to be trying to show any uh, remorse about his death or grief about his death or any type of demonstration in response to his death. Got it. Now, I understand the there's been plenty of condemnation over the death of Navalny, not just in inside of Russia, but across the world as well. But for some folks in Eastern Europe, that sentiment might not be matched the same exact way. Would you agree? Well, it may not be matched in some ways. There, there are some people who, frankly, were a bit askance at Navalny because early on in his career, he uh, did appear or align himself or appear in some uh, demonstrations that were largely uh, backing very nationalist groups in Russia. Some said he had very right-wing tendencies. Uh, that He claimed that the reason he did that was they were the ones who were willing to, in fact, demonstrate. And second of all, all across Eastern Europe, <clears throat> but really the non-Russian Federation part of that, or the Russian Federation part of that, or Belarus, place like that. But besides that, in Eastern Europe, I think if you went to the Baltic Republics, you went to Poland, you went to Bulgaria, you went to Romania, uh, you would find the vast majority of people who lived under Soviet occupation uh, very, very outraged at the death of Navalny. Gotcha. Now, turning our attention to what's going on in Ukraine, we reported earlier this week about the uh, the Russian occupation now of the stronghold town of Avdiivka, and that was a, that's been a stronghold there for a very, very long time. What ultimately led to that collapse? Yeah, that was really a stronghold that goes back to 2017. That's how long that particular town has been threatened. It was really threatened at the onset when Russia uh, seized uh, Crimea back then and then uh, urged Russians or proxies living in the Donbass region to rise up and then brought in little green men and supported them with military assistance. So this has been a town on the front of all that for many, many years. What brought it about largely was a couple of things. One, of course, the, the Ukrainian counteroffensive now has come to an end and did not achieve its uh, a remarkable success, number one, for sure. Number two, just overwhelming Russian military mass being thrown at this. I was talking with a colleague of mine in Kiev just the other day, and he claimed that for every Ukrainian soldier who died in, in that particular defense, uh, 13 Russians were killed. And the Russians lost hundreds of pieces of military equipment, tanks, armored personnel carriers, and the like uh, in the process. So it was really an attrition warfare. But shortages of artillery, shortages of air defense weapons, uh, made ultimately the great difference. And, of course, you can track that back to the ongoing uh, controversy over the United States continuing military assistance uh, to Ukraine. So really, I mean, the, the Congress's inability to at least bring this to a vote 
and make a decision one way or the other, which has been dragging on for months now, really translated into shortages of air defense weapons, which allowed the Russians to have localized uh, air superiority over Abdivka, which they used to, to devastating effect, and also were able to rain down uh, probably six or eight times as many artillery shells on Abdivka as the defenders could respond with. Right. And I know that the U.S. is one of the major financial backers uh, for Ukraine in this conflict. But there's many other countries throughout the European Union that are also debating whether to donate weapons or to donate uh, higher grade uh, artillery uh, artillery weapons rather over to Ukraine. What what have their remarks been on this whole situation? Well, they've been outraged as well. And I I think there's a lot less discussion, a lot more action, frankly, in Europe. I mean, the European Union voted weeks ago for an additional $53 billion in assistance to Ukraine. Now, a lot of that was humanitarian assistance and economic assistance to buttress the Ukrainian economy. Uh, the, the Europeans not having the defense industries we have to, you know, match the scale in terms of military hardware. So really, for the European Union as a total, now over the last few months, their contributions in terms of military assistance are coming very close to that of the United States. And that's a better comparison, I think, to the European Union as a whole, being a GDP and a population about the size of the United States. We've also had significant increases uh, in military assistance provided by Great Britain in the last month or so, by the Germans in the last month or so, and the Danes in the last few days after the killing of Navalny have announced they're going to give all the artillery they have uh, to Ukraine. So I think we're seeing the Europeans doing a great deal, but a lot of concern, again, about the willingness of the United States to continue to support the Ukraine in the fashion that's done in the past. Got it. CBS military analyst Jeff McCausland with the latest on Ukraine and tensions in Eastern Europe. Jeff, thank you so much. My pleasure.